Welcome to Beerfield, where unlike the Fence Saints, we wagered our future a long time ago. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two Ps. Pause to remember my own Twitter handle, Chris Hopper. As always, joined by Beerfield Thurry, Dan Thurry. What's up? It's been a day. I have a. I'm gonna have a super long day tomorrow. I'm looking at like a 15 hour workday. Gross. Why? Uh rolling with one of our uh with one of our our craft brand managers for our home market wholesaler mm-hmm. and then I have a tap takeover. Oh wow. <laughs> so I gotta be up by six and our tap takeover starts at six PM. Nice. So <laughs> and it's a two hour drive for me. Yeah, but music so, music bingo. Let's say, yeah. What what's that? But music bingo. Is that this well, one? no, no. This is a different one. Uh, Music bingo is in uh, two weeks from tomorrow, and then the week after that is the NFL draft. What's this one? This one is just a random takeover that our wholesaler set up with our our beers that I had had no clue about. Hmm. I, I just got an invite saying tap takeover. I'm like, oh, cool. I want free points. Where at? <laughs> it's Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa, Canada, eh? Illinois. Yes, we're going to Canada. And somehow it's still only a two-hour drive. <laughs> it's impressive. If only. If only. If only is right. As Dan mentioned, the NFL draft is just, two, well, three weeks away from Thursday. Two weeks from Thursday. No, three weeks from Thursday. Three weeks from Thursday. Three weeks from Thursday. Um. So we're going to break down some AFC team needs today. Uh, that's this week. Next week, uh, we'll try to get a guest on to talk quarterbacks and wide receivers. My mic stand just decided it wanted to try to yeet itself. So I'm going to fix that. And then um, I said quarterbacks and wide receivers. What I meant was quarterbacks and running backs. Look at that awareness to know as I'm catching a falling mic stand that I said something incorrectly. Um, and then season vet move right there. You wouldn't see that done by a rookie. Nope. Let's see. That's uh, why, that's why we get paid the vet minimum or somebody that's just doing Twitter hot takes. (laughs) Don't see them adjusting mic stands live on air. Just saying probably because better equipment. Uh, (laughs) Calling the police for us asking why my mic stands broken. Got a hot tip. (laughs) Boss. Quarterbacks and running backs next uh, next week. Uh, wide receivers and tight ends the following week. This is where you get the full kind of rundown of what we think about each prospect. It's one of our favorite series to do because it's all of our reveals. Um, kind of who we who we like, who we don't like, who we're rooting for to go where, um, and that will immediately all change after the draft. So we're not really going to get into rankings. We'll just kind of tear it off and. And call it that, and then hopefully get a lot more sorted out after the NFL draft. We will not be doing a live stream for the NFL draft. We will do a reaction episode at some you point. Uh, the reaction episode may not be an immediate reaction episode, but we will have reactions. So, kind of a look at what's coming up. But for this show, uh, yeah, we're going to go with what's fueling Beerfield. What's fueling Beerfield? What are you drinking? I am drinking a beer that I uh, I had uh, I stored away to my mini fridge because I I'm bad at my job and by job I mean my 
my hobby that used to kind of feel like a job. Um, and I forgot to get beer, but you know, this is why most of my, my mini fridge is, you know, full of barrel aged stuff that it just kind of ages. Well, I have, uh, deep flux It's from Boulevard. They, they did a uh, collaboration with three Floyds. This is from last year. I think before I left Benny's. So at least a year old. Um, it's funny because uh, the bottle date on this says it's got to be best enjoyed by October of 2021, which is clearly past, but it's a 14.3% uh, ale age or a whiskey age pale barley wine ale. Huh. Uh, they also finished it in, or it's aged in rye whiskey and uh, Madeira wine cast. Oh, Madeira. Madeira. Is it Madeira? I yeah, Madeira. Know. Madeira wine cast. For those of you that may not know what Madeira is, it is a Portuguese wine, a pork, a, a Portuguese fortified wine named after the island that it, which the grapes come from. So, and it comes in both sweet and dry varieties. I just learned this because I'm making Madeira chicken this week. Oh, look at that! So, yeah, so that. Uh, I don't see how a 14.3 percent rye whiskey age has a best buy date, but. All right. I mean, it could. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that falls off, and I have no clue what it tastes uh, like prior to it. So the Madeira cask finish probably is going to be some of those fruity, grapey notes will drop off quick. That yeah, I, I can see that. I'm enjoying this six months, but it stayed in the mini fridge for a very long time. So That'll it's help. been in you know decent conditions in terms of sitting out in in the sun or anything. All right, I have a German-style Maybach lager. Uh, this checks in at 6.2%. This is from Moore Brewing Company. It's their uh, Bartlett Maybach out of Huntley, Illinois, um, yep. in Villa Park, Illinois. So uh, this was actually picked up at Benny's last weekend. Um, so Maybach, for those that... A Maybach, for those that aren't familiar with it, otherwise known as a Helles Bach, it's basically a light version of a, bulk, of a Bach beer. So it's designed to be... Uh, you know, multi grainy, but lighter. Obviously, this is if you're on YouTube, Beerfield Podcast. This is obviously not a Bach. It's much lighter, it's lager style. <laughs> Look at that. Look how good you can see my eye through that. Like the camera's even picking that up. That that's uh, that is impressive. That's clear. impressive. That is impressively clear. Um, so a little bit lighter, a little bit more hop forward, uh, still higher gravity, higher percentage on it. Um, designed to be malt forward and easier drinking. So, uh, yep. I so, uh, have one of these actually, uh, fermenting in the garage right now. Oh, hopefully should be ready before draft. Um, Three weeks out. It will be. You'll get to try it. It's a festival beer, but it'll be it'll be ready. It's it's cleaning up now, so it'll go okay. into a keg okay. next week. So it'll be ready by draft. So there's a fun fact. You said more brewing, correct? Yes. You never playing disc golf with my buddy Will? I, I do. think you played with. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay, his ex girlfriend used to work for more. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I remember he's. Uh, we played with him at uh, Duncan, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to uh, work out a time where we can, you can come down. We can meet up. Cool. We have a few. Uh, we have a few courses in between that uh, that we've played at before. That I I need some I need some revenge on because they were tough. 
They were tough. I went out with Dickie after he played. Yeah, he told on me Sunday. To I couldn't it, if I wanted to. I was. Uh, oh, I know. I yeah. I, I felt it. it. No, no, not just travel. I mean, just eighteen holes for only the second time in the season. I was a little tired. I I Katrina played both rounds, as you know. Uh, she played in the morning round. She played this Sunday evening round with myself and Dickie. She was hurting. Dickie whooped my ass. That Dude. dude is in mid-season form. And Already? It's barely fucking April. Barely April. Barely April, and the dude's just... I don't know, man. They finally just clicked for him right now. Grabbed some new it's... plastic yesterday. I realized... I well, some new plastic. I, well, I realized while we were out that I had a hole in my bag for an understable approach disc. I've got an understable mid-range. I didn't really have an understable approach disc. So as I was trying to you know, flip around some trees, I, it, you know, made it a little more difficult. So I went out yeah. and bought a soul, which is basically an understable zone. Yeah. Um, it's to, more of a mid, I think it's more classified as a mid range show, isn't it? Isn't it five speed? It, it's a five speed. And that's, that's why actually, okay. no, it's a yeah. four speed. It's a five glide, which is why it's classified. Oh, yes. As that's why it's at a hybrid. Yeah. Yep. It's a hybrid. I've been looking so. at those. It's got a little bit more glide than the zone. It is, it's like a zone, but it dives the other direction, pretty much, when thrown flat. Yeah. So yep. it's it's flippy. It likes to turn over. It's exactly what I was looking for. And then I... Uh, you you I, can I, hyzer flip it pretty well, too. You can, if you ever have a need to hyzer flip an approach disc. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm sure some of these pros have, you know, done a tunnel shot at 350 feet. Speaking of things you can hyzer flip, I also bought an Avenger SS. Those are nice. For no other reason than it was a pretty color and it was probably about five bucks cheaper than it should have been. Uh, I love disc golf. It's kind of like, it, it's how my dad describes my uncle's uh, musky baits, where color really doesn't matter because the base will catch fish. Like in disc golf, the color really doesn't matter. It's, just, you know, well, it, it looks pretty. <laughs> you say it looks that, cool. And then until I go throw my mystic, which is brown, out in brown grass with a bunch of dead leaves on the ground. That is true. And then tell me color doesn't matter. Color does absolutely matter when it comes to uh, when it comes to time of day. Figuring out where shit goes. Time of day too, yeah. Darker color is harder to find. All right. Uh on to news. So, uh, we'll start here. Diggs, four years, $104 million from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's added on to his current deal. So, he's going to be six more seasons in Buffalo. Should effectively end his career there. 70 mil uh, guaranteed, five more than Devontae. Um, again, we, we knew the wide receiver market was about to be reset. And obviously, that, that got kicked off with Adam Steele. And now we have teams. You know, I've seen some stuff floating around on Twitter and you know, some of the big names are talking about who's getting maybe paid next. It's who might be getting moved. You know, we heard rumors of DK. There are some very small rumors about about teams reaching out about Debo and AJ Brown. AJ Brown uh, Terry was McLaurin. one I got this week. Yeah, it, it is absolutely again. I mean, people we mock the salary cap, but it, it, it's all looking into you know team situation where money needs to go. Um, I'm a little surprised about both Debo. And and Brown, uh, obviously Metcalf, I don't think will get traded, but it, it makes the most sense just given where, so, where Seattle is. Apparently the Jets offered the 10th overall pick from uh, as part of a package deal for DK Metcalf, and it was immediately turned down. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I, maybe next year when it's when it's a better QB class. I'm not really sure. Ian Rappaport um, was on McAfee's show this week, and I listened to that as I was going out to do some field work the other day. Um, the AJ Brown rumors are, I guess, according to Rappaport, more just um, teams calling because most teams won't say somebody's off limits, but not that he's necessarily being shopped or yeah. requested a yeah. move or anything like that. And then um, kind of the same thing with Metcalf. And then he had a really interesting point, though, that he and Pat got into. Go back and listen to it. It was uh, Monday's episode, I believe. But that he and Pat got into, which is the, the, how the perception of wide receivers doing this has changed over the years. Because, I mean, wide receivers are getting paid now like never before. But, you know, beforehand, if you had a guy that wanted out or wasn't happy with his current team, I think about Ocho Cinco in Cincinnati. Yeah. Owens multiple times. Um, they were labeled a, a diva and a locker room cancer and and hard to work with. And now it's just kind of accepted that, you know, when a guy wants out, instead of these teams doing it negatively, it's, well, they're not making him happy. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can offer him more. Maybe we can make him happy. Maybe we can give him a better situation and are actually ponying up the money. And I thought that that was a real interesting uh, note on how things have changed even in the last you know, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it is great from a player standpoint because these guys are, you know, are starting to get their world due, you know, digs his contract, especially that's six years now. I don't remember ever a wide receiver getting an extension just two years into a four year deal. And now there's six total left on his contract. That's going to effectively end this that should effectively see him retire in Buffalo, which is what both Buffalo and I think digs wants. Just teams committing to the important players on their offense, knowing that the wide receiver position is very important to how the NFL is being moved today. Mm-hmm. Where it's not so much running backs anymore, it's obviously a lot more pass heavy. So having a guy like Diggs and then having, you know, these higher name guys that will eventually get paid, like there's we're about to see between Jefferson, you know, next year potentially, and then Chase after the twenty three season potentially. It, it, it's absolutely insane. Well, um, Metcalf coming up, AJ Brown coming up. I mean, there's going to be, yeah, the market's going to get reset a bunch. And, you know, it's not just wide receivers either. The Dolphins just redid Xavier Howard's deal. Um, And he had three years left, but didn't like his contract. So, I mean, you're starting to see now where teams are going, well, this is real weird for the NFL, but where teams are going, um, you know, guys with two, three, multiple years left on their deals already getting extensions tacked on, already getting, um, you know, deals reworked in, in an effort to more so try to keep the player happy. It's like the players in the NFL seem to have a bit more say in how they get to control their career than probably any other league right now. And it's probably, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure with these reconstructions and extensions, the teams are getting a lot of bonuses from it. With the salary cap seeing a big increase after the COVID loss or, or yeah, after 2020, you're seeing a lot of teams. And, you know, great podcast to listen to. Both of us are, are huge fans of it. It's a, it's a decision point podcast. I'm in a dirty, is on with Matt Kelly, you know, Podfather. Uh, the only podcast I know, at least offhand, that, that will truly break down some of this. Anand used to work as a, you know, you know he used to, be a salary cap expert so he's very familiar with a lot of all these deals work 
and it's just fascinating to see it and to see Voidier is becoming more and more popular, especially for the quarterback position as ways to prolong guaranteed money. So these teams can stay in these windows longer and longer. And it's, and it really helps us out and help the listeners out become better fantasy players as you get more knowledgeable about how contracts, why contracts are given out the way that they are and how you can kind of predict potentially where teams could be going. Especially when you're trying to assess long-term dynasty value. It is. It, there's a lot of shit. There's so much more information than just, you know, rookies and random, you know, free agents and what your favorite ESPN guy would tell you. Not to say that ESPN doesn't know anything, but it's just there's there's a lot more out there. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of smaller guys, man, that, that just put in the fucking work and there's a lot of information that could be gathered. Yep. Uh, what this does for Dick's dynasty value, by the way, is it ties him to an elite tier quarterback for essentially the rest of his career. Um, you know, regardless of how he ages, the volume and, you know, the quarterback should be there. At least Allen's already gotten paid. So, you know, this is, this solidifies him long term. He's got a great sales cut that's going to age like fine wine. Eventually, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, move him inside as a, you know, primary slot. inside slot guy. And I mean, he, he's got the, He's never been overly athletic, so you can still get, you can even still get that from the outside. Like you know, you could see a Fitz, you know, type of career, lawning to it. Adam Thielen's in the same position now, in which obviously he played with for his first few years in Minnesota. So, this, Diggs is going to be a, a fantasy value for years to come, and it'll have to to be able to go that long, like Edelman or Thielen or yeah. or sorry, Edelman or Fitz or some of these other guys, because I mean. He's already 29, 30, 28, 28. So he's, yeah. he's there through 34. So, I mean, that's, that's beyond the prime. I mean, this is a, a guy who should in theory for most other people, I mean, Diggs is elite, but for most other people beyond the downswing of their career and he just got extended for four more years. So, yeah. And you'll always be a veteran guy that, you know, you can get, he, he may not be a wide receiver one for much longer mm-hmm. as we have to anticipate Buffalo is going to look to add in a, a, at least one, at least one like next building block into Josh Allen's now prime career where you can have a veteran guy like Diggs, you know, think, you know, think Beasley, but a thousand percent better that he can lean on and then also have a, a, a young outside receiver. I, I would assume along with some of his more specialty guys like, you know, like Davis and McKenzie that can really get like this Buffalo's offense. I mean, Buffalo is the best team in, I think on paper right now and just, and we're going to talk about them later. Yeah. It, it's um, if, <laughs> if you're a Buffalo fan, you got to be feeling yourself, man, but yeah, whew, fun. Uh, Devontae Parker traded to the Patriots. I believe that it was a fifth round pick for compensation here. Uh, he got traded Himself in a fifth round for a third round third. pick. So Dolphins, so Dolphins get a third, um, which good for them. Amari Cooper got a fifth and a sixth round pick. Yeah. <laughs> Barker gets a third. He gets a third. And uh, so the Dolphins get a third, which is, is good. They didn't. Parker became expendable with the, the Tyree kill trade. Um, so with Hill and Waddle. We'll talk more about the Dolphins here in a minute as well, but Parker not really needed on that roster, and then he goes to in-division trade, which is weird. Yeah, right. But 
which maybe the Dolphins know something about Parker that we don't, but or that we do rather. But at this point, we probably know. We probably do. Parker goes to New England, though, and the thing about that landing spot is that even though you don't anticipate that being high volume, I mean, he's immediately got a spot. He's immediately potentially the best wide receiver on that roster. I don't know. I I like Jacoby for Myers for the skill set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you say he's clear cut better than Devontae Parker? I don't think so we're gonna find out but I, I don't think so i think i think parker's the best outside better. guy for sure he is so yeah. you know what is that worth he's gonna have some flex value you don't throw that through the roof but right now heading into the draft on this day april 6 2022 parker is at least in that wide receiver three four week to week flex value type range being the best outside side receiver in in new england i mean we saw what was it Kendrick Bourne there last year? Yeah. Be very usable in that type of role in some weeks. So it's I'm not, interested not to nothing. S- it's just not huge. I'm interested to see if uh if New England's gonna kind of you know increase the anticipated, you know, passing volume in this offense, right? You know, it, it was you know, two tight ends run the football have specialized receivers fit certain roles. Uh, Parker immediately becomes their best outside option. I think he pairs well with Myers. Like, you know, as I just, a guy has a great skill set to fit with Mac Jones, who's a very accurate quarterback and very high level, even given his age in terms of rhythm and timing with his throws. Um, Parker gives him that, that true deep threat. I, I don't know how much fantasy value outside of what you said, top, you know, wide receiver four, maybe some flex certain weeks. But if, you know, if the Patriots have to throw a little bit more and there's going to be a lot more matchups this year that are going to have to have them throw the football more as the conference itself got better. Um, yeah, there might be some weeks where, you know, where Parker is, you know, you know goes off for 100 in the tutty. Well, and the fact is we just don't know what New England's offense is going to be. McDaniels is, is out too- and you've got Right now, Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia, two defensive guys running that offense. So, who knows? A lot of they're going to throw us all off for a loop. Back Jones throwing seven hundred times this year. He, he's going to out throw Joe Burrow. If Mac Jones hits five hundred and twenty. I'll be pretty surprised. I, yeah, yeah, same. All right, uh, Saints released Blake Bortles upon his request. Uh, the rumors Denver may be in the quarterback sweepstakes there for the backup so uh, he, with, he returns with, back to denver he's tied to nathaniel hackett that's where he was most successful as in hackett's offense in jacksonville so had to be something there for him to request his release oh i i'm i'm assuming did he play for denver he did is he on their team at one time okay he yeah. was the practice squad quarter he was part of the group or was signed when no he was part of the group that all went down with covid for the that's right the Kendall yeah. Hinton game, okay, yeah, he was part of that group. So, yeah, he was in Denver. Blake uh, Bortles gonna have a long career. Good for him. He's bouncing around. He's bouncing but, around. Nah, it's the offense he was most successful in. So, yeah, if you're serious. Go make him a backup. And although that ends the dream of Jameis and Bortles being on the same key in the same QB room. 
I know that your heart is hurting a little bit, but it did. with us together, we'll get you through it. Speaking of the Saints, uh, Blockbuster trade was just all, this is a big what the fuck. Yeah. Um, so Eagles and Saints made a trade of a bunch of draft picks, which you normally don't see just draft picks moving around ahead of the actual draft because you don't know how any of that's going to unfold. But by God, they did it. Um, so the Eagles walk away with the, the, the Eagles gave up the 16th and 19th overall pick. Um, and a 2022 sixth. So 16 and 19 to move up one spot to 18. Um, and then acquire a third this year, a 20, a seventh this year, a first in 2023 and a second in 2024. So saints, um, we talked about how they could quick retool and this seems like that's, that's what it is. You bring Jameis back and you need O-line help. You need wide receiver help. You immediately give yourself two first round picks. We know the defense is kind of it towards the end of the window. We know that, you know, Kamara is, you know, with that running game is kind of near, I don't want to say the end of a window for Kamara, but look, we're, we're, uh, Camaro was 2017, right? So we're five years yeah. into into that now, um, which is running back shelf lives are short. Um, I think the Saints felt their window was closing and needed to retool on the fly, so they go out and give themselves two first round picks, which should offer some immediate help. Interested to see how those are used because I mean they did leapfrog the Eagles and the Chargers here. Um, so I guess first off, what are the Saints looking for? With these picks, we've talked about it being, you know, potentially wide receiver, but we've also talked about how moving up because of how clustered these wide receivers seem to be moving up in the draft for a wide receiver seems kind of silly. Yeah. I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get a gauge of, of what the Saints are actually trying to do. There's been speculation that the Saints could have could use these picks to move up, try to grab one of these quarterbacks. Um, especially when, you know, with, you know, with the pro days ending or not ending, you know, with a lot of the top quarterbacks already having their pro day, there's been a lot of increase in, in mock drafts where they're going. We're starting to see a lot more, you know, two or three in the top 10, top 15 that could shake things up. And, you know, there's, you, you, you know, you see a lot of smoke thrown out at this time, but, I think, like you said, I think they're 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 going to try to shore up some of the holes that they believe they have. Offensive line, trying to get themselves a potential another wide receiver uh, to pair alongside Michael Thomas. They they likely need an answer at running back for Kamara. Um, but Kamara is still going to be fine. Uh, we need to know what type of punishment is going to get from his off the field issues from this off season, and just yeah, needed backup there. A game, and then so, if anything, yeah, yeah, and then. Probably more so as a backup as Kamara. I mean, you probably want to have another. You try to want to redo what you had with Kamara and Mark Ingram during Kamara's big years, and then from a little bit from last year's, and then use the rest of those picks to shore up some of the depth at defense. So, I think it's fool's gold. I don't know why you would you would pick this class to move up to. It's just especially pre-drafts. 
not knowing what the board looks like. This is a huge one for Philly because they took three picks, so still have two picks in the first round, have an extra pick next year, and then they get a high-value pick in 24. Harry Roseman may make some very questionable decisions. This is arguably one of the best deals he got. And he got a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Like I picked yeah. that turn into a first rounder. This was this is masterful because it gives Philly even more options for next year if 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 Hertz may not be the answer. I've been tough on Howie Roseman, but this I agree. It's a great move. The Eagles roster is not so far gone to where you can't afford to push some of that draft capital out a bit, which is what they did. Um yeah. giving themselves some additional currency for next season and it really plays well and plays very well into what they're doing with Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts takes strides, then you have a first in 2023, an extra one, an extra second in 2024, and you can really play around with that. You still have a first round pick. Um, they still have one or two first rounders. They still have one. They have right? two. They still have two. They have two now. They still have, they have two, two first round picks to solidify that roster now, um, as well as getting the extra third to help add pieces. So Jalen Hurts is what you expect Jalen Hurts to be, or he takes strides, then, sorry, not what you expect him to be, but if Jalen Hurts takes strides, then you've suddenly built this up around him. You've got him. Um, maybe some additional weapons. You've got him maybe some additional protection and a defense um, to do that. And if he's not, well, then you've got your first and the Saints first next year to maneuver around, maybe move up, um, get one of the two quarterbacks that for next season that look like they're going to be high in draft capital, like Stroud. Um you know, and and play it that way. So the Eagles have positioned themselves with a lot of flexibility that I think a lot of teams would love to have to say, we're going to put pieces in place around Jalen Hurts this year. And if you can't do it, we're also in a position to move on next year. And if he does take strides, but maybe we're still lacking elsewhere, then we're in a position to solidify and we've got a Super Bowl window. So... The Eagles are in a very enviable position. I think the Saints really set themselves back by trying to make one more run at it. And you might get into the playoffs, but your goal shouldn't be just to make the playoffs. And the Saints are not, their playoff contenders are not Super Bowl contenders. And you just wagered a lot simply to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's... uh it may look like they're going to take it this year and we'll, you know, we'll get a better idea from players, but just like you said, it's the flexibility that really gives, you know, Philly, the big W here. Um, and what they could get in return for Hertz. If they decide to go quarterback, all I got to do is trade Hertz and they can still retain in one of those 23 firsts. It, it just opens the door for a lot of things for them to do. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great move by Philly. New Orleans, it'll help them this year. It may help with some uh, you know, with some calf relief from the previous regime and setting everything back. The more you reconstruct, the more you keep pushing back, 
these years, eventually it's going to come back to you. And the Saints are feeling that. You know, Philly felt it the last couple of years. Minnesota's starting to feel it a little bit too. You can only keep pushing back for so far until it, it's time to come. The Rams, masterful as they come, eventually it's going to come for them. They're going to have to start making some, you know, for some of those gutsy decisions. So. All right, I think that pretty much covers all we can dissect from that trade. So let's go ahead and start jumping into a little bit of this AFC run now. And as we did, the NFC will go division by division, kind of look at their rosters uh, and go from there. So let's start with the Bills, who you uh, mentioned might have one of the best rosters out there. So your skill positions, they have Isaiah McKenzie, who they re-signed. They added Jamison Crowder. You've got Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis slotted in outside, so you're four deep at usable wide receivers. Jake Kumaro also hanging around on that roster. He's flashed some at the NFL level. Um, they uh, are pretty well locked up across the offensive line. A uh, couple names there would be like Mitch Morse and Roger Saffold. And then uh, you got Dawson Knox back, Josh Allen back. Um, so... They're looking really good on the offensive side of the football. Most glaring hole on the offensive side of the ball, to me, is that running back position. Yeah, it's the most obvious glaring hole uh, from a pick standpoint. They have all their main, they have all their picks, and then they have an extra six from Carolina and an extra seventh from Atlanta. Uh, this just is going to give them the ability to, you know, to kind of take best player available. Everyone, everyone under the sun thinks that Buffalo is going running back the first two days. And 19 and 20, they went r- running backs in the third round and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Both of them are very good at football. Needless to say, they may not be the best at scouting running backs or they just don't need to have a hype. Uh, they don't need to keep wasting you know, capital to get there. Whoever Buffalo decides to draft, though, is going to see a significant bump in fantasy value. Mm-hmm. And will likely become, uh, you know, outside of Hall and Walker, a big maybe. But well, running back is the most important thing from a and, potential glaring need, and it may not matter for how they run their offense. So you've mentioned Pierce um, is a potential late round back. Brian Johnson is also another guy that's not getting a high round. Brian John, sorry, Brian R- R- Robinson? Robinson, sorry. No, 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 you're good. I was like, fuck, there's other running back I got to add. <laughs> no, 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 it was Robinson. Sorry, <laughs> I picked the wrong name. Brian, yeah. Brian Robinson is another guy that's getting later around capital that I know that we both really, really like. And, you know, the one knock is pass catching, and that's really where Devin Singletary excelled was being used kind of outside and pass as a pass catcher. So you don't have to write off Singletary. We can write off Zach Moss all we want. I'm good with that, but... You don't necessarily have to write off Singletary or the fact that you brought in Duke Johnson if you go with one of those two guys who are projected to be more your between-the-tackles type backs anyway. Um, and you don't have to spend high draft capital there to get them. So that's kind of a Brian Robert- scenario. Brian Robinson is a... He's he's going to go day two. He had a, a good enough combine. So he plays for... Spend a third he round He plays pick. for Alabama. Yeah. Yep, they could, you know, they could spend a third. Um, I've seen him 
go between two and three in box. So it's going to be somewhere in day two. Singletary is good enough. I'll be. I'm intrigued to see if if Duke ever carves out a role in the passing game. That's because mm-hmm. it's hard to quit. He's a, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson <laughs> is just me. kind of a rehash of Singletary, but more athletic. Personally, He's, but yeah. older too. At this um, point. I'm still praying that Buffalo goes for a running back with an all-purpose skill set. I think I think I think you and I will both squirm if like if like Rashad White lands there yeah, as a uh, you know late third round pick. He gets to day two DC and and you know wheels are out for his profile, white. especially compared White Keon, both Whites. Yeah, you know Zamir's got his injury issues, but he 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 tested extremely ex- well. exceptionally well for a guy who's got a lot of knee problems. Keontae so. Ingram's a guy that I really like that I think <sighs> is a good, yeah. uh, good skill set that would mesh well with Buffalo. I think he would do really well there. But more on that next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fact is, is that running backs are most glaring hole there. Um, look, on the defensive side of the football, they could certainly improve there. They did it by signing Von Miller. Could never have too many pass rushers if they wanted to go that route. Pretty good at linebacker. Um, really good in the secondary too. I mean, you could cornerback depth in today's NFL is also something you could always afford to add. Um, you know, to say nothing of how good, uh, Tredavious White is, uh, their safeties and Poyer and Hyde are both very, very good as well. Uh, but you know, cornerback, cornerback depth behind Tredavious White, um, and pass rush, I think, are the other two most likely things I look at Buffalo. And I'm like, okay, these are holes that I would like to see them address. They uh, could just literally add anything. That's like they're at the disposal of best player available, mm-hmm. or they can do what a lot of teams should almost always do and just trade down and acquire, you know, cheap, you know, depth pieces that will allow you to be able to pay your stud players. Well, and they have a good look at what that's like because they've locked up their wide receiver one and they've locked up their QB one. And Saffold was signed as a UDFA, and Morse was signed as a UDFA. They've got Tredavious White locked up, I'm pretty sure. Um, So I'm not sure what longevity looks like here, but they're in better shape than anyone else. And they also have, as of right now, they have the most cap space. <laughs> Somehow, because Allen's extension hasn't kicked in yet. That's why. Yeah. So, uh, White is, uh, you are right about White. White actually has the biggest cap hits. Yeah. Him and him and Josh Allen have the two biggest cap hits. So I mean, they're they've got people wrapped up. That's the yep. other thing. So they they have flexibility. They have depth. They have draft capital to spend, and they're they're in a great spot. Buffalo, is. absolutely. All right, looking at Miami. Um, we mentioned Parker being expendable, and he was. That's because they went out and signed Cedric Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Uh, they're exceptionally improved. They got um, Trent Sherfield and Preston Williams as depth. We've seen both of them have success at the NFL, so they're you could argue five deep at wide receiver because you know we know that Waddle can be an alpha, not at Hill level, but you've basically got two ones on this team. We've yep. seen Wilson do very, very well when he got pressed into increased duty. And we've seen flashes out of Sherfield Williams, too. So they're very well set up there. Um, they've signed Teron Armstead to help address the line to go along with uh, Connor Williams, who was, uh, I think, signed I don't remember if it was this year or last year. So they've addressed the line. Um, 
at least the left side of it. You've got Mike Gusecki, who's all-world athletic, with Adam Shaheen behind him. Uh, so, I mean, Tua, is he good? Is he not? Is he average? He's going to get another year to prove it. And they went out and signed Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds to go along with Miles Gaskin. So you look at the offense on this Miami Dolphins team, and right side of the line, I think, is probably your biggest area that you could upgrade, but they're also set up really, really well. So they went the Rams route. They did. No, They have no day one pick. They have one day two pick, round three, pick 102. It's the end of end of of day two. That's I think it's one of the compensatory picks. Then they have round four. They have a round four and two round seven. So they're kind of going. They saw what some of these teams in this conference did. Or, you know, Denver trading for Wilson. Raiders are trading. You know, traded for uh, Devontae Adams. Um, Deshaun Watson. You know, will get his chance to play in Cleveland. And you see what what the AFC East looks like right now. Outside of Buffalo, it, it's still an open competition with New England for that number two spot. Miami well went through their their struggles last year, did also have a seven-game winning streak to kind of help bring them back into the fold last year. So this is not a this is nowhere near a bad team. And uh they're gonna make some waves just again, just the strength in the AFC conference. The fact is is that they're nine they're nine, ten teams deep, and three, two to three of these top teams aren't making the postseason. And Miami's are going to be one of those still you know, fighting for that sixth and seventh seed and effectively. The, and the reason they're going to be fighting for that isn't because of the offense, because the offense is set up well. But when you look at the defense, there's a serious, you know, lack of, of cornerstones there. They did resign Emmanuel Ogba. He's a, he's a, uh, nice piece, but not all world. Van, you know, he's not what I would consider a difference maker. He's just a nice piece. You could say the same thing about Van Ginkle. We know Xavier Howard can be elite. Um, but you know, Byron Jones on the other side is okay. Aside from that, you could really use some help at safety. You could really use some cornerback depth. You could really use some pass rush. You should really use some improvements at, at linebacker. Uh, Andrew went from a defensive minded coach to an offensive minded head coach. And that's going to be the area that they have to try to address is the defensive side of the football. The offensive side is set up well, other than the right side of that line but the defense is definitely just a more glaring need at all three levels to try to find, find something that hits. I'm a little concerned that they, uh, you know, Tua hasn't really quite solidified himself as a, as a true on starter, right? Mm-hmm. The Rams dealt with the same problem with Jared Goff. And they made moves similar to this by trading away top picks to bring in a quarter stone, all pro, elite Hall of Fame type of defensive players to then match up with their already on their team established all oh, pro man. Hall of Fame uh, defensive lineman and Aaron Donald. Miami doesn't have that defense to lean on to go through Tua's struggles. We don't know what Tua is as an elite quarter, if he's even going to be up into that conversation. Rams go out there and trade for Stafford last year. We saw what happened. It's kind of like one of those, it's an all-in move that can easily turn this franchise upside down if they don't get the results that, that I think they're expecting. And the problem with and doing it, it, it through can free blow agency. terribly. And that's the problem with doing it through free agency, too, is your cat maneuverability is significantly hampered. Now, you're able to do that because you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. 
Yeah. But your cap maneuverability is significantly hampered and you don't have draft capital now. So you're basically sitting here looking at, okay, what do we do with the defense? Because if Tua does not step up in a way that can support Waddle, Hill, Wilson, if Mostert and Edmonds can't find the same success that they found elsewhere, then you're back to having in a very expensive, slightly above average offense with, you know, a defense that we know can be solid that doesn't really have elite pieces. We've seen Miami under Flores play better on defense, especially than the sum of their parts. Yeah. He's not there anymore. So, you know, this is a team that on paper offensively looks very good. Defensively needs help. And I don't know what type of firepower they have to improve the defense. So as it stands right now, looking at the 23, you know, uh, cap situation, Miami is in the hole 4 million at the fourth least amount of cap space. And that's so they don't even have, they don't even have firepower. They don't even have firepower to start playing with. They're going to have to start freeing up cap space and they're not going to have, the moves that the Chargers had, that the Bengals have, where the Bears are going to be at next year to where if their rookie quarterback, if if their guy takes that next leap, they have all the money in the world to set them up with key free agent acquisitions where Miami is going to have to lean heavier on this year's free agent class and lack of a draft class. So it, it's, yep. it's a copycat league, like we always say, right? It's sometimes it's not about the player that changes everything like Debo did. It's team with what the Rams did. So Well, and then in the division in the conference, can you keep up with Buffalo? And I look at that roster and say, no, you went all in. <laughs> right, right. Well, Buffalo's in their window and at the top of their game. So not only did you go on in a way that gives you no flexibility, but you went all in when somebody with a much better hand is also all in. Yeah, it's uh, it's not as bad as like, it's what the Saints were and what Philly was and where Minnesota might be leaning into, but it could turn out to be pretty, pretty it bad. could get very ugly very quickly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's going to hinge on Tua. Yep. If Tua can make that offense perform it, it, it even what the pieces are, then they'll compete. But he's got to be able to do See, that. Yep. All right. Looking at the Patriots. Um, Wide receiver is lacking top-end talent, we'll say. If you added a wide receiver one here, you would look at Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne and say, okay, yeah, that's serviceable. For what the Patriots want to do, that's a serviceable group. You don't have an alpha there, though. Um, So I would still consider top-end talent at that position to be a need, especially the way that that the league's going. I love Jacoby Myers. I think he's a great player. He is not a one. Devontae Parker has shown he can be a one, but in one season. And then couldn't recapture it, couldn't reclaim it, and that's after multiple years of not breaking out. Nikhil Harry's a bust. Um, Nelson Aguilar uh, is a good complimentary piece, but shouldn't serve as anything more than depth. So you're severely lacking top-end wide receiver talent here for starters. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, you know, we briefly talked about it from a draft pick standpoint. They have all their picks minus their seventh-round pick, and they have an extra fifth and an extra... They have 
an extra fifth, an extra six. They don't have their fifth round pick. They have two other ones. Either way, they, they don't have a lot of high-end picks. They have just one for each of the first three rounds, the original ones. Um, as you mentioned, wide receiver depth is it's or high top end wide receiver is lacking, especially in a division where Miami just traded for Tyree Kill, the Pirillon side. They're 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 great up-and-coming receiver in Jalen Waddle. They bring back James White. Um, they kind of help give that 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 game manager early Tom Brady feel to Mac Jones. Uh, defense, they lost J.C. Jackson. There, there's a glaring hole at defensive back now, and J.C. was always one of the more disrespected uh, defensive backs in the league for how great that he's played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's New England feels like a team that's not going to – it's just going to be – it's a good team that probably make the playoffs in the NFC or at least be you know somewhat competitive, and it's going to be weird to see – uh, a non-injury real non-injury riddled Patriots team just not be good enough to make the playoffs. I don't see how they're going to be a wild card no, team outside of playing above they, their means. And we know that Belichick can get that out of them, but yeah, um, you know, you don't have an offensive mind on this team. His son and Jared Mayo are the defensive coordinators, and. Matt Patricia is apparently going to help with the offense, but I don't know what he can bring to that. And it's just, it's one of those things, you know, Mac Jones is okay. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, I would argue are a pretty good one to punch. Same same with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, but are you going to play old school football? We're going to run the ball and we're going to play defense. And if you're going to play defense, I mean, okay, you've got Lawrence guy and Matt Judon, um, but your best quarterback right now is Malcolm Butler, you know, and Devin McCourty. These are all Patriots guys that are here, but this is not, it's, it it feels like a 500 team. It feels like they're going to be the third best team in the division. Yeah. It's, it's this style of football that they're, Again, you're 30 years removed from this being fine, from this being acceptable. You know, 20 years. Right now, you have it's a lot of good. You know, not great. Yeah, like the two best divisions in football are are the AFC West and the AFC North. And at least you know from a you know from a true talent standpoint, I, I know the NFC West can make some competition there, but this conference is fucking loaded, and, and the division's not going to be a breeze, right? They held their own up against Buffalo last year, but Buffalo improves and they're just like their they're, they're young gun quarterback is just getting more experience. It's just, I don't think this Patriots team has enough firepower to get them there. Even uh, if Coach, they, we know, yeah. Even if they go at a top end wide receiver, I don't think they have enough firepower to get them there. It, it's all, it's uh, this offense, right? We don't know what this offense is going to be. Um, I expect the defense to play up to expectations, be a little better. Um, just given what we've seen from them and you know in the past, but I don't know if his offense is going to be able to get it done. It, it's not because they're bad; it's just because I, it's just too many other good teams. It's just that solid's not good enough. Yeah, this isn't the NFC, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Consi- they're going to be consistent for sure. They'll be solid. It's not good enough. Yeah, not in a conference that has the Bills, the Bengals. Uh, potentially the Ravens coming out of it, what Denver's done. 
now Kansas City and the Chargers. I mean, and Kansas City might have the worst overall roster in their division, and they're still they're still going to likely be a playoff team because of Mahomes. Yep. And you know the South is a joke right now, but they don't play in the South. They still have to go through you know Buffalo and Miami, and and and, and if the Jets if, improve, would they be too, better than the Colts? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Now with now with Matt Ryan, who brings a little more consistency to that team. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Jets. Um, looking at the wide receiver position right now, it's Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. That's really okay. Um, you would like to see them add something here. Berrios is fine out of the slot. We've seen him be productive. We saw Moore flash a lot of skill, um, even though he's kind of a non-traditional outside guy. And we know what Corey Davis is is capable of being. Um, so you could see an upgrade here. I don't hate this as a rookie landing spot, especially to push Barrios out of a starting role. Um, Cause Moore can play outside with his speed and athleticism. He can play inside with the su- with the size being smaller. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And be a real mismatch there. So, you know, I, I don't hate if they go out and, and upgrade the wide receiver um, you know, even if you go top in and pour, you know, you go get one of these high end wide receivers, force Corey Davis back into a two role, and then have Elijah Moore playing a slot and gadget type role. It's a good way to go if you're the Jets, I think. You could add weapons, and they're in a good spot. You know, two first round picks, two second round picks. They have five top seventy picks. Jets are in a. Mm-hmm. Very good spot to make key improvements across the board, right? Yeah. You need to be able to give Wilson some of, you know, some chance to, you know, to succeed by, you know, by giving your, you know, your young quarterback some, you know, some better outside weapons. Right now, a player or um, PFF has it as uh, Davis and Mims as starting outside options with more likely playing out of the slot. You had a guy like Drake London, which has been, Mock to the Jets for I would love months that. now, and then and, yeah, you put him and Davis on the outside, more in the slot with him as a depth piece. That's very good. And then you get that. I mean, I know you're a big fan of Michael Carter, and I really like Michael Carter. At, you know, as a pass catch, as a pass catching satellite back here. Else. Yeah, have two high fourth round picks, right? Two Rashad and you Rashad can, White. I mean, adds. Well, Add some yeah. smash to your dash. I I I think this is a spot where you see Irby. like a Damian Pierce, Pierce go, like a Zamir White, like Brian Robinson, a guy that can clearly, especially a guy like Zamir White who's used to playing with mm-hmm. a pass catching back in James Cook. You can see, and the Jets don't have to give up a lot to get to that point. So no. they're going to make improvements or across anything. the line. Obviously, offensive line needs some help. Still, so defensive line definitely. But they've invested in the offensive line. I mean, they, with, ha- they absolutely with have. Lincoln Tomlinson, George Fant, Connor McGovern, and then, you know, back to back first round picks with Beckton and Vera Tucker. I mean, yeah, I think with the offensive line, you just kind of see how that comes together. You might add depth, uh, but, you know, you've got some depth there as well. Dan Feeney's a experienced veteran from the Chargers and Greg Van Rotten from Carolina. Um, you know, they've got some depth and some pieces on that O-line to to maneuver with. And, you know, so it's really 
getting someone in there that, that can complement Michael Carter, who had a very good rookie year, and potentially upgrading the wide receiver position. And, you know, you can go spend some depth on O-line, sure, give yourself some more options. But I think that as you look at that depth chart, it you know, on the line, you've definitely got enough pieces to put something that's a little bit better than serviceable together. Oh, yeah. I mean, this could be, you know, one of the better improved teams. Like, yeah. I don't think you and I would be shocked if the Jets league frog, if the Jets finish as the third best team. England could be the worst team from a record standpoint. It could be. If Zach Wilson can, you know, make even marginal strides from from year one, and then they just go get better on defense. And I think that's where it's really going to gonna matter yeah. is go get better on on defense you bring in dj reed that's a nice upgrade you have cj mosley that's a nice upgrade um you know get some pass rush there and get some additional cornerback help i mean yep. bryce hall is your two it's okay um former bear but i mean get some additional help in the secondary get some additional pass rush maybe add a back in the you know that round four or five range that can complement michael carter you don't don't have to go high upside because carter's got enough upside he's just got to be used very specifically so you can get a one trick pony and be fine there as long as that one trick is i can work between the tackles carter plays bigger than he is between the tackles anyway i would argue um and, you know, I wouldn't, like I said, a lot of depth in this wide receiver class. Go add someone. Davis can be a one on a team that's not super pass first. So even if you don't spend high draft capital, upgrade over Braxton Berrios, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I fully believe they're going wide receiver with one of these, you know, you know, one of the top 70 picks that they have. And, and they're going to. They and and, and they, they absolutely like they're gonna do what they didn't do with Sam Darnold and they're gonna go effectively all in with the right moves, hopefully. And and well, we do we're gonna always talk about how good the conference is in the AFC, but the Jets could be one of the more can be one of the more improved teams. Unlike the Jaguars, where they have an easier path to the playoffs, but the Jets could yeah. still be a very much improved team. Problem with the Jets and the Dolphins is they're in the wrong division, and the Jets and the Dolphins, I think, are gonna be fighting for the second spot in this division. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's not weird to think that they're better than, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, three of the, you know, well, sorry, two of the AFC South teams or, I, man, this is such a tough division. I wouldn't say they're better than Cleveland, but. No. I mean, we, but, uh, I mean, we don't know how long Watson's going to be out for, so that could definitely change. Such it. a freaking hard conference, though. Yeah. It's, uh, going to be fun to watch on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of, trade, lot of fantasy scoring. And you just trade some of these teams to the NFC. <laughs> Make it more balance. Because holy crap, the AFC is fun right now. Yeah. Yep. Alright, let's go look at the Ravens. They got, uh, you know, they'll get everyone healthy, which is something that uh, was not, was unable to be said last year. The wider, uh, Just countless. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just countless. Besides the wide receivers, just countless losses across the board, especially on the O line, especially on defense. And speaking of the O line, that's where Baltimore is going to need to first start addressing to start getting some of that 
interior line fixed. Uh, you know, you know, get yourself another attack, so another tackle onside Ronnie Stanley to help protect Lamar Jackson. And then you just go on and you improve your pass rush. You go on and you improve your linebacking core. You're going to need improvement from Patrick Queen. Definitely. We saw some flashes from them last year, but just couldn't put it together consistently. You need to add some depth from the defensive backfield. I know that they, they, they just were hammered with injuries there, but Jimmy Smith is never, ever healthy. And you're starting to get some of the age out guys like Marcus Peters isn't, isn't getting any younger. Smith can never stay healthy. So you're going to have to get some improvement alongside, you know, Marlon Humphrey for, you know, for this Baltimore defense to get back, especially with what they're going to have to contest now with, you know, Burrow in year three and then newly added Deshaun Watson. So, you know, from a pick standpoint, they have, you know, they have an extra third round pick. Uh, they have their, their main three uh, picks, an extra third round one. They have, five fourth round picks. Uh, we know Baltimore is infamous for, for making a lot of day three moves and just moving around the board, just completely adding depth and giving themselves the flexibility from a depth standpoint. Um, there were rumors. There was a, a thing popped up on ESPN this morning that Baltimore is not, it's not out of the realm of question that Baltimore may end up selecting a running back Fuck. at the end of day two. They have a, they have an extra third round pick and they have five fourth round picks in a in a not a a, a top heavy running back class, but there's some nice pieces Did that you are said they have five fourth round picks. They have five fourth round picks. Five. Okay, they're definitely gonna spend one of those on a running back. I don't I mean, know that <laughs> I'm not gonna it's one of the, I'm gonna love it and I'm gonna hate it because you have just as good of a chance given the health given the historical health of this running back room to see touches and given how this offense runs to see touches. And at the same time, it's super freaking crowded. And if things don't break your way, it's going to go really badly. I mean, this is a, uh, this is a team just two years ago with, you know, was the number one seed in the AFC with, with, you know, with a still very young Lamar Jackson and a very heavy running game. They kind of want to get, I believe they're going to want to get back to that Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins. I don't, think they ever, I don't think they ever wanted to get away from it. I think the problem was, is that all of them were freaking hurt last year. Yeah. And, and, and while, and while they're going to have to accept the fact that they're going to be throwing the football more, just, you're going to have better offenses to deal with and their defense just isn't as strong as it was in years past, mm-hmm. but they still want to add some running back depth. They don't want to be caught with their pants down like with what we had from them last year. Obviously, just the amount of injuries they had is not it's not common, but this is still a very heavy run focused team that can do a lot of damage with with Lamar Jackson's skill set. Your favorite sleeper running back may end up here, and may end up getting what Dobbins was his his rookie season, and yet there's not a lot of J.K. Dobbins in this draft class. No, there's not. Um, can you imagine if like Kenneth Walker went here? Can you just imagine Twitter? <laughs> imploding he won't go is he he's gonna go too high everything would break well (laughs) and the ravens of those fourth rounders do have some ability to move up too i mean they can do a lot of stuff there yeah absolutely they have a good and young receiver core that just doesn't matter because they don't throw the football that much but i look at their receiver core from you know how i rated the last couple draft classes right you know 19 20 21 and they have a really what I what should be a really good receiver core if they threw the ball more. Uh, yeah, it, it, 
we're going to need to see. I think Lamar is going to throw more than people think. I think Baltimore is just going to have to throw more than, than what people want to accept him to. But yeah, if Lamar does take the next step and he showed, he showed, he's been, he showed flashes of it every year. He just can't put it together consistently. You know, he, he has a true one in Bateman and he has a great, you know, deep threat that can be more than just a deep threat than Brown. And you get, you know, you know, you get your, your serviceable knees from Devin Duvernay and James Prochet, obviously Mark Andrews. This this Ravens offense is not as bad as people think, and they're going to still shock people. Number one team in the AFC before Lamar Jackson went down for the rest of the year, so not that bad. Yeah, I mean, they're not bad. Um, they're not number one seed good. They're playoff good. No, God, no. no. Uh, and, and you kind of hit the nail with that too. They're going to add a lot of depth to defense with everything they have in that, that mid round. And they're, they're going to need to, um, yeah, this defense is going to be, uh, it won't be bad like last year, but it's going to, when everyone's healthy, this isn't, uh, this is a below average Ravens defense historically. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, it is. So they're going to have to get better there. And the offense, I mean, this is one of the weirdest teams to project offensively, and it's going to continue to be. So, yep. hope no skilled player you like lands here. It's good. I'm waiting. I'm dude. I'm waiting for. Uh, I'm waiting for someone like Walker or White. And or, it will tank their draft capital instantly. Yeah, you know, like a Brian Johnson's Amir White lane here, and it's just going to. You're going to just see the the community just deflate itself. You feel like the Bengals are okay at the wide receiver position right now? I feel like the Bengals could totally add no more wide receivers to this team and be just fine. Not anything with significant draft capital. I mean, I said that in jest, right? The top three are really good, and the depth behind that is not. So they could add somebody late. I mean, right now your depth is the bad Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan Jr., and Trent Taylor. So... They'll add somebody. They could certainly afford to add somebody. It just doesn't because Boyd be will be gone next year. They'll yeah. they'll they'll likely add somebody higher than we are joking about with Boyd more than likely gone after this season. Well, and that's also true. Um, they addressed we lauded them for this already, but they've completely addressed the line in free agency. Um, they have Hayden Hurst, so. They they got a replacement for Uzama. I mean, Hurst is at least as good as Uzama. They're not they're not going to be tight end heavy, so don't really care about that. Running back wise, Mixon not the model of health. You could absolutely upgrade over Samaj P. Ryan, but again, that's going to be a depth pick. I don't know Zach Taylor really likes him. He likes him so much, he'll play him in the most important play in, in Bengals history, especially on third down <laughs> and run up the middle against the greatest interior lineman we may have ever seen. Yep. Oh God. Yeah. Just hey, Elijah Taylor still in the league. Um, <laughs> is he on this team? Yeah. Oh my God. Good for him. And Puka Williams. Remember Puka Williams? Mister One, like one fifty four. Yeah, he's so guy. small. Little guy. Yeah, since he will likely add a backup. They're gonna have to add a backup. Him. Yeah. Um, looking at the defense, Sam Hubbard's really good. Trey Hendrickson's pretty good. So are BJ Hill and DJ Reader. I mean, you're pretty okay on the front four. Um, you could certainly upgrade your line. Uh, you could probably upgrade your secondary over Eli Apple and Jadobe Ouzier. 
So quarterback yeah, they- is probably their mo- most glaring need because, I mean, you add a, a stud rookie to Ouzie and Apple, all of a sudden that cornerback core looks a lot better. Um, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, good safeties, and then get yourself a linebacker. I mean, defense, cornerback and linebacker. Then just add in some depth pieces. They have all their jab picks in an extra seventh. They have, you know, three in the top 100, obviously, uh, picking from the uh, Super Bowl runner-up position. Um, obviously, cornerbacks, it's, there's a lot of depth there. It's one of the better positions. Draft, it's one of the better uh, positional, one of the better positions in this draft class. So, Bengals address their most glaring hole, like we talked about at the O line. And then it's going to be just adding in, you know, pieces to fill up this roster, right? This is where teams want to be. They want to, you know, they want to have their star quarterback on a rookie deal. They want to have a lot of key pieces figured out and then start adding depth that you can keep building and keep rotating in and out. They want to, have that New England model where they can have their replacement already on the roster and experience ready to go. Like, don't be surprised if they draft another sleeper running back here, you know, late, you know, maybe early day three, they need, they'll need a Tyler Boyd replacement. They'll find a slot receiver in that. And then as you said, they're going to just add those key pieces to top of their, you know, their draft picks with, you know, defensive back and some linebackers potentially. Yeah. Um, they need a punter too. Kevin Huber's still a free agent. Just uh, hopefully they don't take one high. Then hopefully, like they made all these great moves, but we're taking a punter in the second round. Hey, Fuck you, Rick Pearson worked <laughs> out. That's true. That's true. The Browns. Wow, wow. Jakeem Grant right now listed as their slot wide receiver over Anthony, over a guy like Anthony Schwartz. Uh, look. Wide receiver, Mark Cooper, DPJ, that's okay, but you can do better. Yeah, they'll they'll add some pieces. Need I mean, they, they don't have a first-round pick this year, but they have, they have three top 100s. In a very, they only have six draft picks total. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, when you you know trade the majority, the entire trade of your move for Watson is draft picks. Obviously, you're going to mm-hmm. lose. They're gonna have a lot of draft picks. So and obviously they're set at running back. They're set along the offensive line with some pretty good depth. Um they got Chase Winovich in. They're you know uh Jack draft pick from last year. Yep. Showed out pretty well. Denzel Ward still a good cornerback. Um safety wise I mean, Craig Newsome, first round pick from last year. They're they're fine defensively. Um, they're fine in a lot of areas around the offense, which is why the Watson trade made sense. Um, Mayfield's still on the roster, even if Watson's suspended. It's really wide receiver. It's their most glaring need. It's wide receiver, and then go add yourself some defensive depth because you're really void at pass rush behind Miles Garrett and Chase Winovich. Um, and you can never have too many cornerbacks. That's yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, JC Treader still a free agent, by the way, as is wow. Jarvis Landry. 
Just looking at some of who's still out there as we go through this, too. J.C. Treader, Jarvis Landry, Jadavian Clowney, Ronnie Harrison, Tack McKinley. <laughs> I mean, they could just re-sign some of their free agents and immediately solve some of those needs. Yeah, right? And all. Holy cow. Okay. Pittsburgh. So they obviously got Mitch Trubisky. Um with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins behind them. That's an okay QB room. I still think everybody expects them to add a quarterback of the future, though. The signing of Trubisky tells you that they don't believe in it. It's Rudolph or that it's Haskins. I firmly expect them to go out and get a quarterback, as most people do. They don't really have, from a pick standpoint, they really don't have much to get them there outside of you know trading you know future capital to make a move. You know, I think a lot of people expect one of Pittsburgh, New Orleans to kind of make that that move Ooh. up, depending on how the you know how, how the board's falling. Um, but they also don't the have to this issue. Yeah, they absolutely the, the, their best bet, like the Saints do, is your best bet is to sit and wait. Just wait. And don't just wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh's not making the playoffs. We're gonna get no. probably Tomlin's first losing record as a head coach. Um, and it won't be because that they that they're they're void of talent. They're just they don't have the key, the right position ready at quarterback. Everywhere else is fine for the most part. Outside of, you know, offensive linebacker help bad. and some you know, yeah. Need some improvement along the offensive line. Just really along the trenches. Um, they can use some help, linebackers and their secondary, you know, just some key pieces to fill through and we'll see what they do. This is a team I I wouldn't be shocked if they don't go quarterback, um, even though many are expected them to. Secondary needs some help. Linebacker's fine. Front seven's fine. Secondary's in desperate need of help. Uh, no Joe Hayden. He's a free agent. So, yeah. Fitzpatrick's good, but beyond that, you're, you're real void back there. So, it's going to be the secondary, and then you just kind of see how these pieces perform together. And I don't know. They're in a weird position because. In the NFC, it's easily a playoff team, I think. Maybe. They could be. They'd be on the fringe. In the AFC, it's just like not a chance. Yeah. They'd be contending for uh, for a Wild playoff spot, spot, probably. Depending on the division they play in. You put them in the NFC South, they can probably uh, finish behind Tampa Bay. You put them in the NFC West, though. Yeah. Probably, probably number four. <laughs> probably bottom of the barrel. Yep. Not much else to go into there. I mean, they, everybody could use some wide receiver depth, but Claypool yeah. and Johnson are, are fine. Is, they did lose Juju and James yeah. Washington, so don't be surprised. Again, they don't have a whole lot of picks. Um, they just have three day three picks right now. Mm-hmm. One fourth and two seventh. That's all they got. No fifth, no sixth. Beer review. How's your uh, past the Best Buy date barley wine? Um, I can see why it's there because you can definitely tell some of the um, the fruits that you would pick off from the wine. There's not much there. It's still very much drinks like a barley wine. 
with the heavy toffee flavor, caramel flavor. You get a little bit of the subtle richness from the whiskey barrels. Again, this is Deep Flux. This is from Boulevard Brewing. This is in collaboration with Three Floyds. Um, again, this was something that was done last year at some point, probably done in 2020, just given the aging of the barrel. Um, best by date, as a joke-wise, was supposed to be October of 2021. Again, as, as Hopper alluded to at the beginning of the show, it's for likely for the wine cast that it's also aged in. So, again, just this rich and toffee caramel flavors. Um, it doesn't drink like 14.2%. Um, yeah, or uh, 14.3, but you can definitely, you, you definitely know that it's there. So it, it's one, if you find it in the wild, don't be afraid to get it. Um, if I remember correctly, it's not the cheapest beer in the world. You know, when you're tethered to three Floyds there, it's not, it's not going to be uh, cheap. So, it, but the quality is very good. This is, I would have liked to try it when it was actually, you know, quote unquote fresh. I probably should have paid more attention to that, but for the most part, it, it, it uh, it's a very solid, very solid, uh, a pale barley wine ale. You know, it happens. Um, all right. As a reminder, I had a Maybach from, from more brewing company. And first off, the idea of a Maybach is to be crushable. And they nailed that even at 6.2%. This is a super crushable beer. I've been sitting on the last two drinks of the 16 ounce can since we finished the AFC East. So, um, obviously got through that pretty quick. Um, Hops give it a nice kind of floral note to it. Maybe slightly fruity, but not overly. Just sort of a nice backbound, lightly bitter. Um, definitely get a lot of the, like, not overly sweet, but bready malt notes that are very traditional of uh, British and German and European-style beers. So a lot of bready, crackery-type malt notes to it. Not a ton of sweet malt notes. Um, overall, from what I understand of Maybach to be, they absolutely nailed it. It's an incredible beer. So good job to them finishes short crisp we already talked about the clarity and how fantastic that was so on to the houston texans a team not nearly as good as that beer <laughs> everything can we just say everything and move on sure yeah i'm i'm good with that okay yeah, Houston needs everything. We're not even going to spend the time breaking that down because they need damn near everything. They got a lot of draft picks. Dump with that. That's good because they, they need a absolutely lot of draft do. Picks. The Colts. Um. Okay, T.Y. Hilton is not officially resigned. Apparently, still free agent. I don't think he will. I think they're going to be fine rolling in with. Uh, Campbell, Pittman, and Doolin. I think, I think with Campbell's injury history and QT's injury history, they're going to have to draft wide receivers. They're going to have to pick someone, some up, someplace. Because, well, I love Michael Pittman, right? Your depth is Paris Campbell and Ashton Doolin right now. Sorry, your other two starters are Paris Campbell, who hasn't been able to stay healthy yet, even though we still very much believe in the upside. Ashton Doolin, who's hyper-athletic college free agent that's maybe flashed a little bit, and then nothing behind them. You can't rely on those two to give you a reliable wide receiver, too. One of them might, but you can't bet on might here either for a team that just played paid for, for Matt Ryan that knows that they can be competitive in this division. I don't think that you can just rely on that wide receiver core the way that it is. Yeah, I, I, I think... 
I think they would be a great spot for a guy like Jarvis Landry. They can really solidify that that veteran leadership in a very young wide receiver room, especially with the loss of T.Y. Hilton. They don't have a first-round pick. It was loss in the Carson Wentz trade from last year. They moved off of one of their third-round picks um, and got Matt Ryan. They only have two day two picks. They have some you know third round or some day three picks, but they're going to have to. This is a very important draft for them. Um, very wide open NFC or very wide open AFC South division that they're going to need to capitalize on. So they're going to need to get production from their round two and round three pick. They're going to need some of these guys to make some big strides forward, especially from the wide receiver spot. Because Pittman's going to see a lot of you know, double coverage, a lot of you know shaded coverage. You're going to need to get you know production from Doolin. You're going to need to hopefully get production from Campbell. And I don't know if they're going to go wide receiver with their first two picks. You know, they may feel like that they, you know that they can wait. I expect them to trade down or try to trade down and try to gather up some more picks so they can. Have more of a chance to you know to try to hit on some of these depth pieces and maybe get a starter from a day three pick. So I don't know whether they're going to start. I like I'm not sure whether they're going to go with these two picks, but I, I'm pretty sure they're going to do whatever they can to trade back and try to gather up some more because yeah, they gotta they can't just go all in with what they have on offense. No, they can't. Even on the line, we know that Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson are are all world but you look at at what's around them and with matt ryan not being mobile you can stand to improve there you're fine at the running back position obviously but then you look on defense and you know okay you got yannick and good good pass rusher um quitty pay first round pick last year fine taquan lewis you invested in that um darius leonard bobby okariki He's there. Um, you, you've invested in the linebacker core. Um, you need help really at quarterback too. So it's a team that needs secondary help. It's a team that needs maybe another veteran proven pass rusher. Um, but they need secondary help and they could definitely use some, some incremental improvements at wide receiver and on the offensive line. Um, they'll be in playoff contention. I don't know that they're a true Super Bowl contender the way they said. I mean, I know that given their draft capitals, there's anything that they could do to get there either. They're they're uh they're they're one shot with the tech or with the Titans for for the number four seed. Like Tennessee should have never been a one seed last year. They 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 fell into some lucky you know into a lucky situation. One of you know a couple crucial games. Um, and beat, you know, a, a struggling Chiefs team during their bad stretch midseason. So I think the Colts, it's uh, their, their best bet is to hopefully beat out the Titans for uh, for the AFC with South Crown. There's no way we're going to play off. There's no way we're getting a wild card team from this division. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Um, you're going to see some, you know, we're going to see some bad play, I think, at times, but uh Definitely a one A one B with the Titans for the you know for the best team in the spot and 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 don't sleep on Jacksonville too right to make those uh, you know to make a positive stride and maybe even push to win you know to win this division. I mean they have what was arguably the best prospect at quarterback in a long time. So yeah, 
Uh, Jacksonville. You know that team. They've improved. They have. They have improved. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are both good depth ads. Um, you can find a way to use LaVisca Chenault uh, with, with Doug Peterson and add somebody here, add a true one, because I don't think Chenault's a true one. And we know that Zay Jones and Christian Kirk aren't. But you've got your depth pieces in place. You just really need that high end. You need Trevor Lawrence now that he's got some weapons to take strides to. You've added Evan Ingram to Dan Arnold. Um, tight ends are really his out. So you don't have the excuse of your Trevor Lawrence if I don't have weapons this year. Because and you even, get back ETN. Too. Yeah. You add ETN with James Robinson. You bring in Evan Ingram to pair him with Dan Arnold. And then you sign Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, who are both serviceable NFL players without being elite, even if they don't do anything else, Trevor Lawrence has no excuse to not show strides. He may not be up to his potential this year, especially if they don't get him a top end one, but there's no excuse for him to not show strides this season. Absolutely. And they have have four day one and day two picks. They have four six round picks. They have eight day three in total. I mean, you have your depth pieces in your day three. You have enough firepower to move around day three to take the guys that you like. You have four top 70 picks. You have, you know, pick one, obviously, and you have pick 33. You have, you know, two really key spots where they can move. You know, we're seeing Aiden Hutchinson as the the primary add to this. He's been the most mocked player here. We see some of... um, I think the offensive tackle from Alabama being put here. So there's Jacksonville is going to add in a very, very good key player, whether it be on the defensive line or on the offensive line. And, and even with their massive additions to wide receiver in this draft or in this free agent class, do not be surprised if they use one of their, their two, their two third round picks. Yeah. They potentially add another outside option. I love I love what Chanel could be with a more up-tempo guy like Doug Peterson calling place. Um, Zay Jones should should not be not, on the field as a starter at all. Quit Chanel yet either. This team does not have a number one. I will not quit Chanel, but I probably will when he doesn't flash again because you know it's hard to predict this that. Team after have you know, a two bus, they have a two, a three, and a four. They don't even have. I could argue they don't even have a two. Maybe a two B and Marvin I would, Jones. I would say Christian Kirk is good. Oh, Kurt, I'm too. sorry with yeah. Kurt. I, uh, yeah, with Kurt, they, they have a two. They have a bunch of threes and fours. Yeah, uh, uh, Kurt paid as a one is is stupid. But. <laughs> like he, it was him. He's the reason why the wide receiver market reset was his fucking contract. But Kirk is a is a two, and. So you add somebody there, you add some offensive line depth, at least give yourself some pieces to position here, right? I mean, Cam Robinson, you got him franchise tagged. If he plays, you signed Brandon Scherfett or Washington. Jawan Taylor was a second-round pick two years ago. You can retool that a little bit and give yourself some depth there. And then, I mean, you just you really got to invest in the defense to take some of that pressure off of the offense to do yep. everything. You did some last year with Chase on, Tyson Campbell, um, you know, you still got Josh Allen there from a couple of years ago, the other Josh Allen who had some big games, but you can really help yourself by just adding pieces across this roster. And it doesn't all have to be top end talent. You can add guys in the second, third round, move around, trade some out for, for future draft capital. You're in a rebuild. 
and your roster has taken strides from year one of that rebuild to now year two of that rebuild. Um, you survived Urban Meyer without being in the worst possible situation. So, you know, it's on Jacksonville to just take that next step. You're not looking for him to make strides to be a playoff team this year. You're just looking for him to draft smart, add pieces where they need to add pieces, you know, weapons and protection for Lawrence and start to build that defense back. And, you know, they're going to be in pretty good shape nearing the end of Lawrence's rookie deal. And they're in a great spot. I mean, with with Tennessee and with uh, with the Colts, um, they're not great long term teams. They don't really have a great long term plan. You know, Tennessee is going to have to eventually lean off of Henry. Uh, Tannehill is a journeyman plus. Uh, he can get it done, but he's not a franchise QB by any means. And Jacksonville has what they need and the key pieces in place, and they could easily be the division favorites as early as next year. I think they're going to be a, a, a competitive team for the majority of this upcoming season. Then I, I fully expect Lawrence to take those strides, right? I fully expect the 2021 uh, QB class to actually show up this year as opposed to last year. Me too. All right. Looking at the Titans. <laughs> Oof. It's I dude. I if this wasn't a bad division, this yeah, yeah, right. Oof. Yeah, they haven't improved or gotten really worse since last year. I mean, you swapped out a oldest balls Julio Jones for Robert Woods coming off of an ACL there. Um, you know, Westbrook Ikeen still the three, AJ Brown still the one. So could you use wide receiver depth? Yeah, are they going to use wide receiver depth? No, so. You just hope it's somebody you don't like. Um, <laughs> offensive yeah. line help, absolutely necessary. Tight absolutely. Kind of meh. Ryan Tannehill's locked up. Derrick Henry, fine. Get him a backup. Just cuff him with something. Yeah, they have no second-round pick. Just uh, two day-one, day-two picks with their first and third round. Um, no seventh round picks, but two fours and two six. So they, they can do some moves in day three. Um, again, a team that's likely going to trade down from pick one and try to get maybe a second and another third added just to give themselves a little more breathing room and, and start to add to the depth of this roster. If Derrick Henry is even 80, is even half the back that he's been coming back from his injury, um, they'll be fine from the offensive end. Obviously, improvements on the offensive line, but I think this is more geared towards a run-focused team. Um, oh, the run-focused team, you need defense too, and while the you need absolutely need better defense. than they they should have the last several years. I look at this defensive depth chart, and there's just nothing there that inspires. Uh, Besides the safeties, yeah, there's that much confidence. Yeah, outside of Bayard and Hooker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's thankfully they play in the worst division in the AFC conference. They don't. And the Colts really aren't in the greatest spot to compete either. So they should still be the favorites, probably. Um, whatever Vegas comes out with their team wins, maybe look at it and maybe lean could, on the under bet. If Jacksonville drafts well, could they sneakily win this division? Yeah, I absolutely think that that Doug Peterson, who got a MVP performance from Carson Wentz, he can get the same from Lawrence and 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 really their team isn't as like from an offensive skill point, they'd I think they have a better offensive playmakers than Philly had. They don't have a Deshaun Jackson field stretcher per se, but 
I mean, they had old old man Elshon, you know, Jeffries or Elshon Jeffrey. Um, they didn't really have a running game there. They had was it Jai for a large portion of that. Yeah, you know, after he broke out and he gets to you know fuck with Etn and James Robinson, defense obviously needs to be vastly improved. But they have a lot of picks, and you have a Titans team that doesn't have a lot of picks. Same with the Colts; they're missing key high picks. That's gonna that they're trying to get starters from. They're trying to actually get production from, and it's gonna be an, an ugly crapshoot. It's gonna be an ugly struggle for the number one spot and Jacksonville could easily be in competition for that spot for the majority of the season. Maybe they don't get it because they're still very young and very inexperienced, especially in the off, especially in both sides of the ball that uh, not this year, but I think next year, easy favorites for next year. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Last division, the Dolphins or not the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Denver Broncos. I mean, they added. They made some big moves. <laughs> uh, they did. Um, they did. Melvin Gordon still a free agent. Bryce Callahan still a free agent. Kareem Jackson still a free agent. I didn't know Kareem Jackson was a free agent. He's still a free. I agent. Neither. I mean, I got a lot of picks still. Holy shit! They do. There's still some some good players floating around out here too. I've noticed. Anyway, looking at their offense, uh, look. We know that the wide receiver core is stacked right now. It's locked up at the top three. Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. They've got Russell Wilson in the trade, um, who absolutely can't unlock all three of them. You got KJ Hamler behind that. Uh, this is not a team that needs to take advantage of this wide receiver depth. And they still could. Late, but. Good. Late, obviously, yeah. And they have no first round pick, obviously, but they still have three day two picks. They have multiple fourths and multiple sevens. Yeah. There, there's still a lot of room for depth adding. They have a really good offensive line. Looking across it with Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bowles, two homegrown guys, um, and Lloyd Cushenberry. And then they sound uh, Glasgow. And you know you get Billy Turner from Green Bay, or got had last year. So you still have a good offensive line here. Um, with some depth. So, yeah, tight end depth this is a team that had a lot of it. They probably Alberto has not been a has not been a uh, model of help. So I would still like to see them add something else at tight end over like Eric Tomlinson. But if I'm looking at your offense, and the most I can say is, oh, hey, you can maybe use a backup running back. And assuming you don't resign Melvin Gordon, you could really use a backup running back and uh, some tight end depth. You're doing pretty good. Yeah, this I I full I am fully on board with them bringing back Melvin Gordon. I I think they will. I think at this point Gordon realizes he doesn't have the market that he thought he was going to get, and I think Denver would welcome back with with wide open arms and then uh, you know compete for the top of this division. Still, I mean, I I don't think they'll get it, but they're easily a wild card team. Yeah, and you can see a lot of firepower from There's, this offense if uh, things click early on. This is a team that if on. they get in the playoffs could probably hang with anybody if things click from an offensive perspective. It's still a good defense, even though they weren't yeah. able to get Von Miller to come back. Just, this is still a good defense. Yeah, with Josie Jewell, Bradley Chubb, um, you know Patrick Sertan, and Ronald Darby, and Justin Williams, you still have a lot of pieces here, and I think this is where the draft capital should mostly go. 
is get yourself a couple more pass rushers, build up that secondary, invest the draft capital on defense because you invested, you know, in the Wilson pick and you invested uh, in locking up those wide receivers on offense. You built the the offensive line, so just go try to tool up your defense a little bit. You don't need to... You don't need anything I'm saying, which is probably good because the Russell Wilson trade. So I mean, this is a good roster. We all knew that. We all knew Denver was a quarterback away to get him over that hump, and they they obviously addressed that as well as as any team did with their weaknesses. And now it's just taking the picks. They they still have a lot of picks. They can still they're going to add a lot of good special team stuff. This is going to be a very very good team next year. It is. The AFC is going to be fun. Have we said that yet? I think. Uh, I think the. I think the phrase of the show this offseason is how good the AFC conference is. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of improvements. So Kansas City, we still we we do expect them to spend day one capital on a wide receiver. Yeah, I. That's the that's the hope, or at least I mean two. I mean they have two two back and first round picks. They have two second round picks. They have two third round picks. They don't have to go wide receiver in the first round. They have pick 50 and pick 62 mm-hmm. and a stacked wide receiver from a depth standpoint. Maybe the top ends a little isn't as strong as we thought it was. A lot of depth, though. I'm all on board with Jamison Williams landing here because when I, because when I watched him, my first thought was, and look, a lot of people ever use Tyree Kill comparisons. I don't think I've used a Tyree Kill comparison at all in the five years we've been doing this. I watched Williams, and my first thought was Tyree Kill. Just the after-the-catch ability, the way that he pulled away from defenders, the way he was able to get behind the defense was something that I didn't just make the lazy comparison of, he's a fast guy, it's Tyree Kill. I actually legitimately thought that watching film, but also... You don't need him healthy to start the season. You don't have to rush him back from that on a team where look up and down this roster, right? We've had Miguel on a lot of years. Yeah. Justin Watson and Darius Fountain are both on this roster. Josh Gordon is on this roster. Juju, who's a former wide receiver one in his own right. And Marquez Valdez Scantling, who was trending towards a breakout year before he got hurt, are on this roster as well as Nicole Hardman, who we've seen flash some things. You pair that with Travis Kelsey and an elite quarterback, you don't need that wide receiver to be a stud on day one or healthy on day one, for that matter. If they wait until the third round, this could be a landing spot for Mechie, too. And you just look at it up and down, and you're like, you know, there might not be the top-end talent, but with Patrick Mahomes being what he is, and when I see Juju and Nicole Hardman and I see these highly athletic lottery picks and Josh Gordon and Darius Fountain and Justin Watson to go along with, you know, another two guys and a guy that's been NFL successful and a guy with some upside who maybe had some some question marks coming in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can get on board with that. I can get behind that. I fully expect Kansas City to go defensive side of the ball with their first two first round picks. And they should. They absolutely should shore up secondary, shore up the need pass rush. No matter how good your pass rush, how good you think it is, within that conference, you want to you want to get it at, as close to it 
as to elite as you can. They'll add receivers. Mm-hmm. May it may not be the top of it, but they may. They're gonna guys are gonna slip. One of these guys is gonna fall that we don't think so. I I can't. I I, I want to see an elite outside, not elite, but an an, an actual outside X in this offense. Yeah. Not fucking banged up Sammy Watkins. Like I want to actually see. I I would. I my dream is it is it is a go George Pickens in round two. To get yourself an athletic outside option that was a former five star recruit that was one of the best Devi receiver was supposed to be one of the best twenty three receivers before injury that's dealt with injuries and, right yeah it just I want to see an actual outside clash or Drake London would be great but he's not going to be available going to be available if you want him to go Burks maybe round. but Burks, Burks is still so raw and well in Burks though the thing with Burks even being raw is that. You don't need him to be your reliable guy. You have Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster for that. Absolutely you right. don't need him to be your field stretcher with Miko Hardman and Marquez Valdez-Scantling there. You need a gadget guy to replace the gadgety shit that Tyreek Hill did, <laughs> and that is the one thing Traylon Burks was better at than anybody else in this class is doing the gadgety Debo and Samuel he's been type slipping, shit. And they have the and they have the capital to move up and down the board as they see fit. Look, yep. Kansas City's roster it's it's the weakest of the four teams in the AFC. Still West. not weak, and, but they have so yeah, it's still not weak. They have so many draft picks, high end draft picks, and make move. I mean, they have six in the that they have five in the top one hundred, and they have one of their third round picks that it's at the one hundred fourth, one of the carpet story picks. Think about it this way: with that amount of picks through the third round, what if they do decide to go? Even in the they may round. trade for Metcalf. They're, they've been they've been rumored to Metcalf for the last two two weeks. Three. That's weeks. not where I was going. I was going to say. I know. I'm just, I'm sorry, what I'm if in the fourth round they decide to to spend some capital and maybe bring something in to complement Hilaire? What if they go get somebody that could show you some of the flashes that Jarek McKinnon showed during the playoff run? You, you know who who was at Rashad White's pro day? Kansas City. Eric 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 Bieniemy. Being and, a big fan. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. you baby, put, let's do this. Rashad you, White to Kansas City. You put him with, there, even as just another option with Alaire. Boner alerts. And it all of a sudden looks good. Maybe the answer isn't you go add a, a top-end wide receiver talent. Maybe the answer is you add a running back and give yourself a different dimension if the passing game isn't working. But it, we all want to see. I mean, we, the whole, like, this is the running back... Well, running back is the Buffalo is wide receiver to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Whoever lands here, especially if it's you know day one or high day two, is going to get a massive bump for fantasy and, and rightfully so. I would love to see Jamison Williams here. I want more of an outside. Like I don't want a Tyreek Hill replacement. I want an actual X. And and you're right, Jamison Williams is Tyreek Hill more polished. He is. That's what he if he if he can you know, get back to what he was from a burst but standpoint after his ACL tear. He is a reason that Jamison Williams is in the tier of is he going to be a true X? Is he going to be a true lead outsider? Is he going to end up at the NFL level in more of a field stretcher role? Well, Kansas City showed they can use that as an elite wide receiver, but most offenses that's not how you project guys. So, yeah, 
you get some. Uh, I I would still be pumped that that pick is there. Williams is. I'll, I'll be I'll be excited. Oh, yeah. Regardless of who lands here, it's going to be exciting. And we've seen him want to go speed, but you're absolutely right about your call on defense. The defense is is lacking. They desperately need. They have Chris Jones and Frank Clark, but you desperately need to get some rotational pass rush pieces in here to go with those two. You desperately, I mean, actually the linebacking core is okay, but you could definitely sure up that linebacking core a bit. You definitely need some cornerback help because right now you're going to be in shootouts. I mean, your cornerbacks are Rashad Fenton, DeAndre Baker, and uh, Legereus Sneed. So. And, Sneed's, and Sneed's been fine. Sneed's been, been one of their one of their long, really good in the you know, slot. picks from the last couple of drafts, but right. you, I mean, you got, you got, you have a lot of players to compete with yeah. just in your own division. And that's the, not even talking about outside of your division that you're going to have to compete with in the playoffs. Yep. So, and that's how yeah. you're going to do it too, because especially in this division, it's very offensive heavy. If I'm a chiefs fan, I would actually be kind of upset if they go offense in the first two picks, best defense then, wins this division. You want to, you just need to need you need guys to make plays. There's this, this offense as it is right now is good enough to make plays when when they need to make plays. But can the defense stop somebody? Yeah. Buffalo exposed them. The Bengals exposed them twice, and now you just added Devontae Adams to this division as well. Yeah, and speaking of Devontae Adams, looking at the Raiders. With Devontae Adams, Ryan Edwards, Hunter Renfro, their starting three looks pretty good, especially when you factor Darren Waller in with that. This so. Raiders have a great fucking team. Uh, they if, if they just didn't have Derek Carr. Right. <laughs> Derek Carr that's doesn't the, That's elevate. really it. Yeah. They're with Kenny and Drake, who will be back. Um, Josh Jacobs. You've got decent running back depth. Um, you know, you've got Foster Moreau it can be a red zone option. I mean, you look, Colton Miller. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look at this and I just say, sure up the interior offensive line a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. If you can sure up the interior offensive line, you're also going to unlock another level of Josh Jacobs. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So sure that sure that up some, and then you're just looking depth on the offense, and then you're all uh all defensive side of the football and they've got some good pieces there too, but you know, need to help five draft picks. All they have, they moved their first two picks to green Bay to get Adams. They went the Rams route again. They went all in with their car. They have one, they have one pick in the third round. They have four day, three picks. A team that is, de- I mean, absolutely fucking desperate to get production from these five lone picks. Yeah. Obviously, you'll see moves on day three to get stuff added, but this team is not only does Derek Carr need to take a next step forward. You need to, <laughs> We've been saying that for years. Yeah, you, you still need this defense to still make plays. Max Crosby's fantastic pass rusher. Locked him up. One of the best in the league. And that's going to go great against, you know, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. You still have weaknesses in the secondary. You still have weaknesses at linebacker. You're going to, you know, you have some serviceable pieces, but the defense needs to be the focus. Five picks, and it's only one of them being in the first three rounds. It's not going to get it done, though. This team needs to play above and beyond. His offense is going to have to take a step forward to 
to get them there. Because like you said, it's going to be a lot of shootouts. And you're not going to be saved by a Brandon Staley or, you know, by a a Staley, you know, potential mishap on fourth down that gets you into the playoffs. That's not going to happen this year. Right. The, again, the theme of the offseason, the AFC conference is too fucking good for that to happen. So I love the Raiders roster still as a whole, though. It's, it's a it's as it's a bit stronger than Kansas City's as a full on piece, but yeah, Mahomes changes that though. Mahomes literally changes that entire and conversation because the Derek Carr just isn't there. Way more draft capital. Yeah, they have almost easily doubled the picks of what the Raiders have. Yeah, especially at the top end of the draft, where it'd be a lot easier to find replacement production. You're not going to replace Tyree Kill, but you can definitely find replaceable production for the defense. And for the Raiders, it's going to be like the move for Adam set well, the scene back. You don't need to replace Tyree Kill. You just need the compilation of Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and whoever they draft to replace Tyree. I mean, I mean, let's not forget, 2019, they drafted Miko Harmon because they thought they were going to lose Tyree Kill for at least a year. Like, Miko Harmon has been serviceable. Is he going to be good? No. But is he... Is he fine in spots? Absolutely. And yeah, you. So if you draft somebody, I mean, look, you didn't have anybody else really relevant in that wide receiver core. So can the compilation of the guys that they run out there replace Tyreek Hill? And I think yes. So I, I think what you'll get is it's. You're right. I think Miko can be your gadget guy, and MVS can be the deep threat. And Juju well, you have Juju locking up. Going to give you a level of reliability you didn't have, and especially in that intermediate spot with Travis Kelsey. Yep. Chargers looking up and down their roster. It's actually a thing that I like. Yeah, they need to add to keep pace here. I mean, uh, so good. We have they're they're, they're Buffalo very too. Very mixed feelings on on Mike Williams here. Because he disappeared. I like the year. move because of he brings familiarity to the offense, and he's got chemistry with. He also Herbert. does a disappearing act every season. So, I'm not saying that I I absolutely love the deal too. I understand why they made the deal though, uh, and I still think they're going to go receiver at I, the top with one of their first few. Picks. And I think they absolutely. I think they need to go receiver because I like Williams better as a three. I like Allen. I love Allen out of the slot. You don't have to go get a one. You have Keenan Allen. You don't have to go get an outside threat. What I would like to see them go get is one of these field stretchers that can take the top off the defense because that's what they're missing. Mike Williams oh, is a contested catch guy. Just wait till they add Alex Pierce to this and like. Oh yeah, Pierce would be late three round four. They're going to add Pierce for that. You just add some super hyper athletic guy. But I don't get me wrong though. If Drake, if Drake London slips here, even yeah. adding a guy to, because you have to start thinking life beyond Keenan Allen too. Even though I love his skill set beyond that, but they could add, you know, Garrett Wilson. I just look at this and I just I don't see anybody that's taking the top off of this defense, and that's where I have a problem. I mean, Palmer kind of filled that spot in in spurts, and Herbert is such a talented thrower, especially deep that. You just need someone that can at least stack his DB. Like you don't need a pure burner. Well, that's what you have. You would like to get one. You'd like to get one. So if you would like to get one, but you don't. If you're going to add to this receiver core, though, looking at the fit, I think that's what you need. I don't think. And you can spend that 
and day three. They have four seven round picks, two six, and a fourth and a fifth. They they can find yeah, a field stretcher at some point in the fifth three. round and go grab a field stretcher to go with your contested ball guy and Mike Williams, who can also kind of work deep. Um and you know, you're over the middle with uh Kenan Allen. You added Gerald Everett here, you've still got Eckler, who by the way, I would like to see them add somebody else in the running game as well, because Justin yeah. Jackson is uh gone. He's signed. No, 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 he's there. He's he's the primary he's a free, backup. He's a free they, agent they, still. Is he still a free agent? Yeah. Well, they have no second round, they have a late third. I mean, you'd like to see them add it. It doesn't, you know, you can, in, it doesn't have to be in the draft. It can be somebody that's still a free agent that could bring Jackson back. It's just bring Melvin Gordon back. Bring him home. Yeah. It's just I would don't want Eckler's backup since he's good for a soft tissue issue a year. I don't want Eckler's backup to be Josh Kelly. No. That's that's where I'm at with it. They can find something. Yeah. They'll, you know, they'll get a you know a thumper guy like a Jerome Ford, baby. Yeah, that that's certainly doable. And then, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, you're you have pieces to build around there. You could use secondary. Nope, they added JC Jackson too. You're good in the secondary. Um, yeah, and you've got Kenneth Murray, who's a very good linebacker. You added Khalil Mack to the pass rush um, to go along with Joey Bosa. You need some depth on defense, but right now this might be the defense with the highest ceiling in the conference. Yeah. And there's been rumors um, floating around. You know, we talked about it in our group chat today in the league chat that uh, the Chargers are looking to move up to where Minnesota is from a Vikings fan. I would absolutely love that. Cause I want to get more. I want to, I want them to get more picks from the Chargers adding just more talent in to kind of fill up, maybe shore up some of the holes from a starting standpoint. Um, Look, you can never have enough pass rushers. No, you can't. And you can still add to the secondary, even with you know J.C. Jackson and Derwin James. James also isn't a, a model of health. Neither is Bosa. Max older. Yeah. If I would not be shocked if they went out there and they still and they got one of these sliding edge rushers because again, this is still Mahomes and Wilson are now in this division combined with what they have to face in the conference. So, Which is why you need an edge rusher, and that's why you need quarterback depth, even with J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. there. Yeah, the, the, this is a very, defense. very good defense. Like what the Bengals did on their old line, the Chargers went out and addressed the needs that they needed and got J.C. for a steal of a deal. But they're, they're the one team. They always seem to get deals. They always seem to get the right sliding guy. I mean, you know, Durbin James, you know, just from a couple of years ago. I I don't see a reason for them to move up, but if they do, it's it's not for a receiver. I think that would be a mistake. In this class, and, it would be, and they don't. Yeah, need it. you've got two yeah. solid receivers anyway. You've got, you know, we know that Guyton and Josh Palmer can be okay as depth. You need somebody, but in the middle rounds, you don't need to move up to get that. Yeah, and you can stare at guys. Pierce may be, he may go higher than expected, but like a Bull Melton. Yeah. A Kelvin Austin. Just look for a guy that can just win vertically. Because that's really what you're hoping for here. Yeah. All right, we'll kick off our favorite segment. Oh, yeah, offensive line help, too, by the way. Did I mention that already? 
Brian always use some. Brian Bulag is a free agent. Um, Rashawn Slater was a good ad, but and Corey Lindsley, obviously stud center, but you know you could always use a little help there. Anyway, always use some interior help. Um, right on. We'll be back next week. We're gonna talk um, quarterbacks and running backs, draft prospects. So expect some of that to be hotly contested. Expect it to be a fun episode. Uh, FFFaceOff.com is where you can find uh, our bios, the podcast, some great work from our from our partners there. Um, Anthony Seravino, Aaron Schill. I guess we can mention Ryan, too. Ryan. <laughs> Michael Huff, he is uh, the main co-host with, uh, with yep. Anthony on their show. Doing some very good work there. I promise we'll get better at promoting that at the beginning of the show. It's still new to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. At Beerfield. At Beerfield on Twitter. Beerfield hot. Beerfield theory. I am clearly out of energy after those. Exil- uh, the AFC just got me all excited and I burnt all my energy out. So I think we're done here. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week for the fun. For all the fun. Real fun.